Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God said it. I believe it. John 11:25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. God said it, I believe it. Hello and welcome to church. It's another beautiful Sunday morning. We're about to go into worship. I would like you to open up your hearts and be expectant on what God is about to do. Just to encourage you sitting there at home, I don't know how your week has been or what you're going through right now. A lot of people are surrounded by fear. Some of our close friends are getting sick. Some of our family members are not feeling well and it's quite natural to, you know, feel a lot lot of um, fear. But God is still God and He knew these times would come. And in knowing that these times would come, your purpose in life that he made before you were born, your purpose that he has for these times as these, still stands. He's still sovereign. He is above, you know, the coronavirus. He's above the fear that it inspires. He's still above the adverse economic circumstances that we may be facing because of this so-called new normal. So I want to encourage you to open up your heart and just focus on Him today as you worship, worship with abandonment, worship with open hearts and expect God to move in a powerful way because He's not restricted to what we are facing in the earthly realms below. So I'm just going to pray uh, for us and we are going to begin. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you that you are still faithful, that you are still supreme, you are still sovereign, that you know the beginning from the end, you know the end from the beginning, that you knew such times as these would come and you have prepared us accordingly during this time to still fulfill your purpose because your purposes are still true, your purposes still stand beyond what we are going through. Just not only as a church, but as individuals and as people who are living through these trying times. We know that you are still our healer. We know that you are still faithful. We know that you are still loving and you are still attentive to our every need. Help us to stop for a moment and just focus on you and draw our attention away from these worries and cares of every day. But focus on you, our provider, our healer, our strength and our deliverer. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
come and join us as I pray. The prayer will be on the screen as well. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I commit this time to you. I believe your plans for me are good. And everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. I treasure your word more than my daily bread. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Enjoy the word. Hey, everybody. Good morning, church. I hope that you are comfortable. Thank you, Fanele. Uh, for that prayer, and I trust that we are all ready for the word. I hope you got a Bible out. I hope you're still taking notes and uh, and writing things down. It's important to take notes and and uh, remember what what is preached in the word, so that we can apply it in our lives and and pray it through in our lives. So, without further ado, I want to get straight into the word. I have lots I want to share with you. We are in the middle of our flow series. All right, we're deep into flow. Okay, at the moment. And uh, today I want to preach a word which is entitled, By Grace Through Faith. And uh, if you've just joined us, just to give you a, a quick nutshell of what we're going after in this series, is we're, we're, we've looked at a picture in Ezekiel chapter 47. Okay, We've gone into the Old Testament to the prophet Ezekiel, and uh, he saw some incredible visions, and he saw this prophetic picture, and he wrote about it in chapter 47 of the temple and a river flowing through the temple. So there was this river flowing out of the temple, and it went through a desert, a dry land, and it arrived at the Dead Sea. And as it went through the desert, Ezekiel said that there were all these trees that just... It just brought life. There were trees that were growing on the banks of the rivers as it was going through the desert. And when it hit the Dead Sea, it transformed the Dead Sea, which is a real Dead Sea, okay? It transformed it into a place of life. It just became living with animals and plants and all sorts of things. So he sees this prophetic picture. And it's really this picture that we are looking at right now as a spiritual family. Okay, we, We're honing in on it. We're beholding it. We're meditating on it. And I'm wanting to just lift it up in front of your eyes and say that that is a picture of your life. We know it was a picture of Jesus, but we know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit as well. And Jesus said in John 7 and verse 37, He said, Those who believe in me, the scriptures say that rivers of living water will flow. Okay, there's our word flow. Will flow out of their innermost being. And so the this beautiful picture of the Christian life is found in Ezekiel 47. And it's, and it's this. It's that as the Spirit of God comes and lives in us, we become a river of life in the world. Okay, the world is like this, is often allegorically referred to in the Bible as a wilderness or a desert or a dry land. And we become this river of life, a life a giving river. And as we hit the Dead Sea, as we hit this world, we, we transform it into life. And that is such a beautiful picture of the, of the Christian life. Last week I put a picture up of, uh, of a river uh, flowing through a desert. I want to show you another picture that's going to come up now on your screen. And I want you just to look at that for a moment and just picture that that is your life. Okay, that is, that is the life that you have in Christ. That is the life that God wants us to have. He wants to flow through us into this world. And what the world needs right now, people, is, is, is those who can flow with life. Those who can bring life. And so we are, we are upholding that picture and we are meditating on it and we're looking at it from different angles and we're, and we're, we're discovering how 
we can flow better, all right? How we can, how the life of God can come through us more. Because I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're like me right now. We want more, amen? We want more. We want to see more of God's power, more of His grace, more of His love, more of His wisdom, more of His strength, more of His hope flowing through us right now. And we have access to all of that in Jesus Christ. So, that's what we're looking at. The key verse is in Ezekiel 47 verse 9, and it says this. It says, life will flourish wherever this water flows. Can you read that out wherever you are right now? Can you just read that scripture? Can we do it together? Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I just want to say, guys, this is biblical truth. No matter what we see going on around us right now, life can flourish as the Spirit of God flows through us. No matter how hopeless your situation looks right now, no matter how dreary it looks, how dark it looks, how problematic it looks, no no matter how sick it looks right now, I want you to know that wherever the Spirit of God flows, life can flow, and it can flow through you. So this is, this is what we're going after in this series. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Now, I want to show you, last week I showed you a like, more modern example in that of George Washington Carver. And we, we looked at his life. And we, and we looked at how the Spirit of God just flowed through this man and literally transformed industry and saved you know, industry and, and built the economy and all that sort of stuff. And today I want to look at just a biblical example in, in the Apostle Paul. So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 29. If you have a Bible, open it. You know, don't, let's not get lazy with TV, people. Amen. We, it's so easy. Just the, the scriptures come up. Everything comes out. We just have to sit. Nobody's like making us say amen or watching us say amen. Come on. Participate. Get into the word. If you have a Bible, open it up. If you've got a notebook, take notes. Colossians 1, 29. We're going to start there today. It says the following. For this I labor. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, sorry, speaking, all right? He, and he's talking, all right, to, to the church in Colossae. And he's saying this. He's saying, for this I labor. And prior to that verse, he was talking about how he, he works really hard to make sure that every person is a disciple in Christ. That they're not just Christians by name, but they are, they are perfect in Christ. They are solid disciples. Okay? So he says, I, for this I labor. My job is making disciples. And for this I labor. And he goes on and says, striving with his power and energy, which so greatly works within me. I'm reading from the Amplified Version because it just says it's so cool. Okay, Striving with what? Striving with his power and energy, which so greatly works within me. Isn't that an incredible scripture? This is, we, remember, we're talking about flow here. So, so Paul's basically saying, I do my job, all right? My job is making disciples, and I labor at this job, and I, and I show up at work every day, and I do my job, but I don't strive in the flesh with my job. Notice what he says there. He says, I strive with his power and his energy, which works so mightily in me. I mean, isn't that incredible? Paul's basically saying, I, I don't work with just what's available right now. With just human flesh and strength and my smarts and my ability, I work with His power and His energy. I mean, just think about that for a moment. That's like saying, you know, that's like, 
going to the mall and shopping with somebody else's credit card. That's what Paul's saying there. You know, I go shopping, but I, I use somebody else's card. Or I, I run marathons, but I use somebody else's legs. I go to work, but I'm not striving in my flesh. I'm not working with all my smarts and my ability. I'm working with His power and His energy. I mean, I love that. And then he goes on, he says, which works so greatly in me. In other words, it's, it's profound. He's not like, he's not saying like, I, I'm, I sort of feel God every now and then and it might be me, it might be God, I'm not sure. I think it was God, like when I was having that conversation or when I was planning that meeting or when I was putting that budget together, it kind of, you know, it was, it was maybe me, maybe God. No, he's saying it was work, it works so powerfully within me. In other words, it's so noticeable. It's so tangible. It's so there. It's so obvious that there's no question of a doubt that it's His power. It's His energy that's working through me. All right? Isn't that incredible? Remember last week we spoke about George Washington Carver. And there was that quote that George Washington Carver said. He said, when I was working on these, on these projects, I was amazed by the forces that were flowing through me. I mean, he would go to bed with problems. He would wake up with solutions. There was these forces at work through him that amazed him. So even George Washington Carver is like the Apostle Paul. He's just saying, I was amazed. There was this power. There's this energy that flows through me. And what I love even more about this verse is this is not past tense that he's writing here. This is not Paul. Paul is not saying in this passage, he's not saying, you know, there was this one time where I had this big project and, you know, it was for God and it was specific and uh, I really, you know, I needed help and, oh man, I felt God's power. I felt his energy and it worked through me in that day, in that hour back then. Paul is actually talking in the present continuous tense right here. He says, I labor now. Right? I'm working now. For this, I labor. For this reason, I'm laboring right now and I'm striving with his power and energy that's at work within me right now. Paul is basically saying, this is how I do my life. This is not event-based. This is not like uh, past tense. This is not like, I don't know, like some uh, one event in the past. This is how I'm living right now. I'm living in this thing. Man, I don't know about you, but I read stuff like that and I'm like, I want that. I want that. I want to work with God's power. Come on, don't you want to work with God's power? Don't you want to work with His energy that's flowing? How many of you feel tired right now? How many of you feel a little bit of ex- exhausted by your job and by your life and by your parenting or by whatever? And, and right now, it would be pretty cool if God's energy and power was flowing through you. Hey, wouldn't that be good? I, I look at this. I, this is an invitation, people. This is an invitation to do life differently, to do life not in the flesh, not with only me, but to have the power of God flowing through me. This is flow. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we're going after in this series. So I want to show you another scripture now. Um, how effective was this power and energy that was flowing through Paul? We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. How effective was it? Let's read this verse together. You're welcome to read with me. Um, it will be good that you speak the word out. It says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. 
yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Okay. So here is another letter written to another church. And once again, Paul is highlighting the fact that there was a grace flowing through him. There was power flowing through him. There was something flowing through his life that was more than the flesh. I mean, look at what he says there. He says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And he's talking about the, the other apostles, actually, in that moment. Okay? And, uh, I mean, if you read the whole context of the verse and everything, he's talking about the different apostles. And, and, he, and in there, he, he's basically saying, I worked more abundantly. In other words, he was saying, I was more productive, more effective, more profitable. And I think it, it implies then them all together, okay? Um, which is pretty massive. And when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, one thing we have to note is that, man, this guy, this guy did work with the supernatural energy. This guy worked, did literally, I mean, he, he traveled and planted churches in multiple locations that grew and transformed cities. You know, like we are talking about some incredible, incredible fruit, okay, writing three quarters of the New Testament. We're talking about some incredible revelation, some incredible fruit, fruit that was flowing through this, but let's bring it back to you for a moment, okay? Wouldn't you like to say that about your job? That I was more productive, more effective, more profitable. Wouldn't you like to say that about your business right now? My business is more productive, more effective, more profitable than than all the others around me, than everything everybody else in my office, in everybody that's around everybody that that comes from my neighborhood. This is I, I am more productive, more effective, more profitable than all of these. Wouldn't you like to say that about your life? That speaks about flow, people. So how, how did Paul live with such a flow? You know, how, how did that flow of power and energy come through him? Well, in this verse, he actually gives us, he gives us his secret, the secret to his power, okay? This is like a, Samson sharing his secret moment, all right, to his superhuman strength that's in his hair. You know, it's that moment over here. In this verse, he actually tells us what it is. And it's not coffee, and it's not goji berries, and it's not a vegan diet, okay? God forbid, all right? He says, yet not I, but the grace, okay? So yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So Paul is saying here that that the, it was the grace of God that was flowing through him that enabled him to do and be more productive and more efficient. It was that energy that was flowing. It was the grace of God. What is grace? Let me give you a definition of grace. Grace is this. Grace is the special favor, power, ability, strength, or gifting that God gives to his people. I'm going to say it again, okay? Grace is the special favor, special power, special ability, special strength or special gifting that God gives to his people. That's what grace is. So, so Paul was saying, it wasn't me, it was the special favor, it was the special blessing, it was the special ability that God gives to his people. Right? Now, if you... His people, all right, if you are his people, this should get you excited right now. 
Because God gives grace to his people. So Paul writes in, in this letter in 1 Corinthians, and he writes to them and he tells them, it's not me, it's the grace of God at work in my life. Then he writes another letter to them, 2 Corinthians. Okay? And in this, there's this verse in chapter 9, verse 8, I want to bring to your attention. Okay? It says this, it says, And God is able to make all grace, pause for a moment, what is grace? Grace is the special favor, special power, ability, strength, and gifting that God gives to his people. And God is able to make all grace abound to who? To, to you. Right? So in 1 Corinthians, he's writing, and he's talking about how productive and effective and efficient he's been in, in doing his job. And then in the second letter, he writes back to them, and, he's, and he says, but hey, this grace that I've been working in, this grace that's been functioning in my life, is God is able to make this grace abound to you. Abound. That word abound literally means come to you in bucket loads. Okay? That's what that means. It means God is able to make grace, alright? Special, favor, ability, power, gifting, come to you, you, in bucket loads. And then he carries on and he says, so that, so that, and then, listen, we could put anything there after, in that moment. In, in, in that passage of scripture, he goes on and writes something. But you could put anything there. You could, you could literally, you could, you could write whatever it is you need right now in your life. Whether you need to be productive, whether you need to get through sickness, whether you need to raise God-fearing children, whether you need to turn a business around, whether you need to like get through your studies while you're working, what, whatever Whatever it is you need right now, God is able to make all grace abound, come to you in bucket loads so that you can do whatever you need to do right now. So that you can get through what, and not just get through it, not just survive through it, but thrive through it. Be that river of life through the situation you're in right now. God is able, people, He's able to make all grace abound to you, come to you in bucket loads, special favor, ability, gifting, power, whatever you need so that you can get through what you're going through right now. There is grace available to you. There is special gifting, special favor available to you as a child of God. There is this thing called grace that is available. And it's available to you. And he, he's talking to the church in Corinth. And he, and he specifically mentions financial things here. He says, so that you can have all sufficiency in all things at all times and that you may abound in every good work. Some versions say that you can have more than enough in no matter what the season it is, no matter if it's a lockdown, if there's a global pandemic, where the businesses are shutting down, where the people are retention, no matter what season, that you will always have more than enough and be able to be generous. So the, this is what the grace of God is. It's, it's, man, it's heaven coming into our hearts and filling us with the ability to prosper no matter what the season is. No matter what we see going on around us. Man, this is the Christian life. This is what we, what we, what we need to plug into. This is what needs to flow through us more right now. Can somebody say amen to that? This grace, God is able to make it abound to you, saints. Come to you. What is, I don't know. You got studies right now. You're in school right now. You, you've got to get through 
whatever, maths assignments, homework assignments, whether you are trying to make a business more productive right now. I don't know what you, you're, you're struggling to solve right now. Family issues or something. God is able to make grace special, favor, ability, strength, gifting to come upon you in bucket loads so that you can walk through that thing. You can thrive through that thing. And not you, but the grace, but the grace of God. So Paul was saying this is, it was the grace of God that made him flow like he flowed with the energy and power that he flowed. So the question is, well then like, how? You know, how do we flow in the, in this grace of God? How do we access this grace that is available to us? Now what I'm going to share with you is key. You have got to get this. God gave me a, a scripture which I'm going to share with you just now. Uh, about a week or so ago, and I really believe it's just for us, and this is just for you, okay? You have to, you have to pay attention <laughs> to what I'm about to say. Grace is available to you. However, alright, there is a condition to grace. There is a condition to grace flowing in our lives. There's a condition to it. And, and it's found in Ephesians 2 verse 8. Let me share that, and then we'll go to the scripture that God gave me. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. I mean, translate that into our, our language there, okay? It's by grace, by God's special favor, by God's power, by God's ability, strength, or gifting, we are saved, alright? It's a work of God. It's by grace we have been saved, it says, but it's through faith. Alright, so grace is everything that God supplies. Some people say the acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. I like that. I think it's cool. It's God's riches. Alright? It's God's power. It's His ability. His strength. It's whatever we need. Okay? It's by grace, by the work of God, alright, the finished work of God, that we are saved. We cannot save ourselves. Can somebody say amen to that? Alright? We, we, there's no way we can work out how to get to heaven. Alright? And, and, and like somehow do good to get there. There's just no hope. Alright? God came and did it all. It was His power. It was His ability that comes and makes a dead person come alive again. Alright? And if you're born again, you know what I'm talking about. It was a miracle. Alright? The best miracle there is, is salvation. Okay? That moment where we give our lives to Jesus and we, we get translated from darkness to light, from, from death to life. We, we're born again. Okay? But it's by grace that moment happens. It's by the supernatural power of God. It's a work of God. But there is something that we bring to the equation, and that is faith. We bring faith. So God's grace saves us, but it's our faith. Alright? It's us working in faith. And, and so, great faith, I want you to see this, faith is what unlocks grace. Alright? So if we want to access grace, we have to have this thing called faith, right? Grace is available, but it's only through faith, all right? So God has wired his entire kingdom on faith. So, you, so if we want to access grace, we have to have this thing called faith, right? If you want to access the grace of God to do what you're doing right now, to get through what you're going through right now, you're going to have to exercise this thing called faith. Grace only comes through faith. Right? We save by grace through faith. 
scripture I want to share with you is this in Jeremiah 17. Alright, verse 5 to 8. It says the following. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Can we agree that does not sound good? All right. So, curse of the man who makes flesh his strength. He lives in the desert. All right. Nothing. He, it's a dry place that he goes to. Okay. But then it carries on and says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. He will not be anxious in the year of global pandemic. He will not be anxious in COVID-19. He, and he'll never cease from yielding fruit. Okay, so two very different lives are described in this passage in Jeremiah. One person living in the desert, another person living beside the stream, a stream of life. Right? What is the difference between the two people in this passage? Well, the one person has made flesh their strength and the other person has got faith and hope in the Lord. Trust, faith and hope in the Lord. Okay. Now, before you dismiss this passage, now to be, we, we read passages like this and we go, yeah, yeah, you know, um, I'm in Jesus and, and so I'm in faith and so I'm in the latter category and let's, let's move on. Let's, um, and we, we kind of immediately think we're the guy by the streams, okay? Stay with me. Let's, let's just consider this passage a little bit more. All right? If you're in Christ right now, it means that you have what, what we call saving faith. Okay, what do I mean by that? It, it, if you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he came and lived the life that you should have lived, that he died the death that we should have died in our place, that three days later he rose from the dead uh, and proved that he is the Messiah, and he offers forgiveness of sins, to all those who will repent and believe in Him. Like if you believe that, if you believe the story of Christ and as it's presented in the Gospels and you put your faith in that story, then what can happen is that you can get born again. If that's not, if that's, if you today and you haven't yet made that decision, I want to encourage you, make that decision right now. Just do it in your heart. Say, Jesus, I, I believe in you. I give my life to you. But the Bible says that if you put faith in that, in that understanding, you will be saved. Okay, you will be born again. You will access the grace of salvation. Right now, so you can have saving faith. But how many of you know that that's not the end of faith? That's just the beginning of faith. All right, that's where we. That's where our faith journey starts. Okay, the walk that we are called to in Christ is a walk of faith. It's not like we just need faith right in the beginning. And then, like everything else, we just go back to the flesh and depend on the flesh. No. The life that God has called you to is a life of faith, of living by faith. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. All right? The scriptures keep saying that this walk is a walk of faith. And faith is uncomfortable, and often we don't like that, and we'd rather not live by faith. But, you know, the Bible's telling us that this is a walk of faith. So, so praise God, we have Saving faith. We believe in that story, so we're, 
we say. But how many of you know that we can also have, we can also have healing faith? What do I mean by healing faith? Well, think about the woman who had that, that issue and she, she pushed through the crowd. She saw in Jesus not only a Messiah, but she saw in him a healer as well. And so she pushed through the crowd and she kept speaking and saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. And she gets through this crowd and she reaches out and she touches him. And immediately as she does that, she accesses by faith the grace of healing. The healing grace flows through Jesus. He notices it. He said, turns around and says, who touched me? She touched him and she, by faith, she accessed healing for her body. If you're sick right now, you can do that as well. Wherever you are, right now, just you can access the healing grace of God by faith. So, and there's many other examples in scriptures and modern day examples of, of people who see in Christ a healer. And therefore, by faith, they put faith for their grace of healing and, and they're healed. So you can have this thing called healing faith as well. Salvation faith, healing faith. You can also have faith for provision. Right? And lots of examples I could share around that. But basically what I'm trying to say is that there's salvation in Christ. There's healing in Christ. There's provision in Christ. There's also wisdom in Christ. I mean, think about what James chapter 1 says. It says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Um, who to, and, and the Father who, who gives liberally to those who ask will, will pour it out on him. And whoever asks, let him ask in faith. But let him ask in faith. So how do we access the wisdom of God? We access it by faith. So we access salvation by faith. We access healing by faith. We access provision by faith. We access wisdom by faith. And what else do we access? Well, we see Paul was accessing energy and power to be productive and efficient in his job. We see George Washington Carver last week was able to access creativity by faith. So, I mean, he was going to God and saying, what do we do with the peanut, Lord? You know, like, help me. Give me some creative ideas here. That's a a modern-day example is going, Lord, I've got this client, and I have to do a presentation for them. Give me a creative solution to it. Um, it's, It's the same thing, people, okay? There is this grace for healing, for salvation. There's grace for creativity, for wisdom. The grace of God, everything that is in God is available to us. But it's only available through this thing called faith. Okay? So let's just go back to our scripture in Jeremiah. All right? Now, this scripture may not apply to us in the area of salvation, but it could apply to you in the area of provision or wisdom or healing. What do I mean by that? Well, it could mean like, like there's a desert example that he gives, a guy living in the desert and there's a guy living by a stream. And the difference is the guy living by the desert, trusts in the arm of the flesh. And the guy living by the stream has got faith in the grace of God, faith in the power of God. And and listen, God has wired this walk by faith. So it's wonderful that you've got saving faith. But when it comes to the area of provision or healing in your life, you could be in the desert. You you could be trusting in, in the arm of the flesh and not in the grace of God, and not experiencing that in your life. So 
in different areas of our life, when it comes to your career, when it comes to wisdom, when it comes to parenting your children, you could be like that desert example. That, that could be like your life because you don't, you're not accessing the grace of God through faith. And people, I, wanna, I want us to get this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, of so many Christians. You know, we're living in the flesh. We're pulling on the flesh. We're drawing on the flesh the whole time. And we're not going for the grace of God. We're not accessing the power, the special favor, ability, strength, gifting that is available to us. So let me, let me illustrate this for you, all right? When, when we come to Christ... Okay, all our lives, we, we, we depend on ourselves. Okay? Growing up, we, we depend on our strength. We depend on our abilities. And, and it's all we know. It's all we're used to. So one thing we know is we know how to flow in, in the flesh. So just imagine for a moment that, that this jar represents the flesh. All right, the flesh. You know this jar pretty well. Okay? And this represents like everything that that we uh that we can see feel touch your own strength your own abilities your your current bank account your current relationships your current situation in life okay it's all this is the the jar of the flesh all right but when we get born again all right and we get filled with the spirit of god suddenly there's a new jar available to us okay the spirit of god comes and lives in us okay and and suddenly now there's this entirely new realm that is open to us. And in this realm is the realm of angelic protection, the blessings, the promises of God in Christ, the, the, all the unseen things that we have in Christ. They're not physical, they're not tangible, but they're, they're accessed by faith. Okay, so all of that comes and we, and we live in these two things. And then in Romans chapter 8, Paul basically writes this passage where he talks about the the flesh, and he talks about the spirit. And he says that, you know, we can either live according to the flesh or we can live according to the spirit. We can either go have the mind of the flesh or we can have the mind of the spirit. We can keep going to the jar of the flesh or we can go to the jar of the spirit. And he says those who are the sons of God, these are the ones who live by the spirit of God. And so he writes this passage where he highlights this difference. And if you been saved for a while, you know what I'm talking about. There is this flesh component to us that we rely on, and then there's the spirit component to us as well. And it's very, it's very easy to set our minds on the flesh. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, his summary of it is, don't live according to the flesh. If you live according to this thing, you will die. Okay? You, you will not flourish. If we put that in Jeremiah's language, you'll be in a desert. Okay? That's what he's talking about. And, and, the, and this, is our, this, is the, this is the challenge for us. This is what I'm laying before you, all right? If we want to access the grace of God, we've got to learn to stop going to the arm of the flesh. We've got to stop going to this jar over here. And you know what I'm talking about, okay? Somebody, somebody says something to you, okay? You're born again, you're spirit-filled, you've got the Spirit of God living in you, but somebody says something to you, and it ticks you off and it makes you mad. So what do you do? You go into the, the jar of the flesh, you go into the jar of the flesh and, and what comes out of you? Anger or bitterness or hate or, I don't know, just some curses start coming out of your mouth. Swearing comes out of you. Because you go to the jar of the flesh. 
All right, now, what about like another situation? There's deadlines at work. There's, there's pressure on you. And, and what do you do? You go to the flesh jar and you pull out. And what comes out? Stress, anxiety, fear comes out. Or maybe you hear some bad news. What do you do? You go to the arm of the flesh and you, and you look at what's in your life and bills are mounting up and all you see is what's available right now. You, you, you're only looking at what is seen. You're only looking at what you've got. And, and so naturally what comes out of you is, is fear or depression or anxiety or whatever. It's all coming out of the flesh jar because we keep going to the flesh jar, ignoring the fact that we've been, we've been filled with the Spirit of God and we have access to the grace of God. Now, if we go to this jar, all that's going to come out of us is death. Okay? Jesus said in John 6, He said, The flesh profits nothing. Okay? Nothing. It profits nothing. It, it goes nowhere. All right? Paul said in Galatians that we must need to crucify the flesh and its passions. Um, he said, uh, If we live in the flesh, we cannot please God. Okay? So what we have to do is, is to learn to stop living out of this old jar of the flesh and, and, and start to learn how to live out of the Spirit. Start to learn how to access the grace of God that is available to us. And how do we do that? Well, basically we, we learn to look at the things that are unseen in Christ. We, start, we learn to look at what we have in Christ. We learn to speak what we see in Christ. We, we go to the arm of the Lord. We go to the Lord. We go to, to God and we trust in Him. So as life comes at our way, circumstances and challenges and whatever you're facing right now, we don't go to the flesh. We, we go to the Spirit of God. We begin to pray. Shanda Rabba Shanda. We begin to pray in the Spirit. We begin to speak the words of the Spirit. We begin to take the promises of God, the prophetic words of God. We, be, we begin to draw on this jar and we begin to release those words over our circumstances, over our kids, over our family, over our business, over our homes. We begin to speak words of life, words of the Spirit, words of promise. We go to this jar and we begin to do that. And as we're doing that, that's what faith is, all right? Faith, all right, faith has to speak. Faith has to move. Faith has to act. As we begin to move, act, speak in faith, what comes available to us is the grace of God, okay? So, saints, let me wrap this up, okay? The grace of God is available. It's, it, it can abound to you right now for whatever you're going through. But grace comes through faith. We've got to learn to stop whining in the flesh, whining and dining in the flesh, living in the flesh, speaking only what we see, going to what we see. If you, if you just keep going here, you're going to get so depressed, man. If you're just looking at all that you have right now, you're going to be depressed. If you can see what you have in Christ, and if that can become more real to you, than what you see in the natural, that's when you're walking in faith. And let me tell you something. You start doing that, you're going to access grace. All right? Grace is going to start to flow through your life. You're going to start to, you're going to be like the Apostle Paul saying, I'm going to, I'm more productive now than ever before. Um, I, I'm able to, I'm more productive than anybody else around me. I'm, I'm getting on in age, but, I, but I'm still like a young man. I, my mind is sharp as anything. My, my body is sharp as anything. My, there's a life, there's a source that I'm plugging into. It's only accessed by faith. It's available. It's all available. It's there for us. God has put it in us. 
but it's accessed by faith. So we've got to learn how to walk by faith. And this is what I want to encourage you with today. If we want to be people of flow, where we're going to experience the grace of God flowing through us, and we're going to access the grace of God, we're going to have to learn how to walk in faith, speak in faith, pray in faith. Come on, I could, I could just do another whole sermon on just praying in faith. All right? not, not pray. You know, sometimes we can pray out of this jar of the flesh. Can I tell you what it looks like? It's like, oh God, I've only got this much left for the month. Oh God, my child is so rebellious. Oh God, what if this... You know, that, that's how we pray in the flesh. Okay? How we pray in the faith is, in faith is we, is we take the promises of God and we begin to pull them out. And no matter what we see in the natural, we begin to speak this over our lives. We begin to believe for this over our lives. That's how we pray in faith. And so, so this is it. We've got to pray in faith. We've got to see our business in faith. We've got to start to see the economy with the eyes of faith. You know, if, 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 if we're just looking around us right now and seeing the economy as it is, it's, it's very possible we'll end up depressed. Because cause what we're doing is we, we're, we're leaning on this, the, the arm of the flesh. Okay? When we le- and Jeremiah says there, says when we, when we do that, we live in a dry place, a desert place. In fact, you know what he said there? Something powerful. He says that we won't even see good when it comes. He shall not see when good comes. I, I know exactly what that's like. You know, I remember when I was unsaved and business opportunities came my way. I didn't see the good in them. I couldn't see the opportunity in them. I, they passed me by. There were opportunities I had, but they passed me by. Why? Because I was living like this. I was living with these eyes. I was seeing with the eyes of the flesh. You know, faith says, no matter what I see around me, no matter how people are struggling right now, I'm not plugged into, I'm of the kingdom of God. I'm not, I'm not taking my lead from this world. I, I look up to heaven. I look to my Father in heaven and I begin to believe Him to prosper me no matter what the season because that's what the Word says and that's what I speak over my life. Everybody's getting retrenched. Praise God, I'm not going to get retrenched. Everybody's losing cash in this time. I'm going to increase. I'm going to double in this time. This is a time of opportunity. This is a time of favor. This is a time where we don't take our lead from the world, people. We've got to take our lead from God. That's what it means we start living in faith. I think you get it right now. I, I could keep going on about this for a while. It's how do we flow? We flow, it's, it's by grace through faith. Right? We access the grace and we access it through faith. That's how the Apostle Paul was so productive. That's why we see it in George Washington Carver's life. And that's how you're going to see it in your life. And my challenge to you today is, is, is learn to live by faith. Learn to live a life of faith. Walk by faith. Speak by faith. See by faith. Right? Put the eyes of faith on. Oh man, I, could, I just feel like I want to preach about the eyes of faith right now. <laughs> You've got to put the eyes of faith on. For, for what, don't look at your circumstances through the eyes of the flesh. Look at them through the eyes of faith. What can God do in this situation? Well, I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, hey, you don't take your lead from this. God is able to make grace abound to you. So no matter what the time, no matter what the season, you can prosper and have more than enough. So, saints, let me just pray for you. Father, I just pray as we wrap this word, I just pray for every person who's listening to me. I pray for us as a spiritual family right now. Lord, I ask that your grace 
would abound to every person in this church, to every parent, to every business owner, to every student, to every teen, every person in school. I pray for your grace to come abounding to every single person through faith. I pray for faith to be ignited in every heart. I pray for the eyes of faith, the, the, the mouth of faith, the, the ability to walk and act in faith, Lord. Lord, I release just your blessing over this congregation, Father. I thank you that we will prosper no matter what the season, Lord God. We will be those rivers of life no matter what's going on around us, Lord. No matter how dry and deserted this place is, Lord God, we will flow with your life-giving power. Saints, I speak blessing over you. I speak the favor of God over you. That you go prosper and abound in every good work for Jesus Christ. Amen. For such a powerful word, it was amazing. Um, this morning, we still believe that the greatest decision that you can make is to give your life to Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And that is the good news, that God became man through Jesus Christ. And he lived the life that we should have lived. And he suffered the death that we should have died. And he rose on the third day, proving that he is the son of God. And he was offering salvation to those who repent. And if that is you this morning who's making that decision, I would like, you to, I would like to lead you in this uh, salvation prayer. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give my life to you today. I repent of all my sins. Come and reign as Lord over my life. Amen. Thank you for watching. And if you are the first time visitor, don't forget to leave us your detail. If you want to get notifications, don't, don't forget to send that WhatsApp message. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.